Hello everyone, welcome to another discussion of The Thousandfold Thought, which is the third book in the Prince of Nothing trilogy by R. Scott Baker. We have been reading this series about 100 pages every week. Today's discussion is uh, for chapters 10 through 14. We start in Sirash and end in Shime. <laughs> and uh, with me, I have the usual group of friends. Steve, would you like to start us off with introductions? Sure, I'm Steve, and uh, it's my second time reading the series, and lots to discuss. Excited to be here. Yes. Um, and I'm Dan. I've read this series many times, and I agree, lots to discuss. This one and the next episode, probably, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Carl? Yeah, I'm Carl, first time reader of this, and uh, author as well, and yeah, I can't believe we're in the home stretch for this trilogy. Yes, and uh, I'm Mike. I'm a first-time reader of the series and fellow page chewer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. T-shirts. We're getting lots of T-shirts ideas this week. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I was joking on the forum earlier that we should just spend three hours talking about the epigraphs and nothing else. And then, like, if we have time, we'll spend time on the rest. So, first epigraph, I, I want to start us off with that, if that's okay with everyone. Um, yeah, I, I think that's immensely interesting. I had to reread it several times. And the, the first time I wrote down a joke that I, the thesis seems to be, I think, therefore I am not. Uh, but then uh, what comes later with, I think, Kellis explaining something. Do you want to read the epigraph? For yeah, let's read it. I don't have it in yeah. front of them right now. Okay, yeah. Uh, should I read the whole thing? It's a pretty big Go thing. for it, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Souls can no more see the origins of their thought than they can see the backs of their heads or the insides of their entrails. And since souls cannot differentiate what they cannot see, there is a peculiar sense in which the soul cannot self-differentiate. So it is always, in a peculiar sense, the same time when they think, the same place where they think, and the same individual who does, be, who does the thinking. Like tipping a spiral on its side until only a circle can be seen, the passage of moments always remains now. The carnival of spaces always sojourns here, and the succession of people always becomes me. The truth is, if the soul could apprehend itself the way it apprehended the world, if it could apprehend its origins, it would see that there is no now, there is no here, and there is no me. In other words, it would realize that just as there is no circle, there is no soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I think this is sort of... Um, the precursor to what Kellis tells is it Akamian that um, all souls are sort of all bodies are breaches into which the universal soul projects itself and that there is one soul and nobody exists individually that's sort of an illusion uh, <laughs> my my husband studies a lot of Buddhist philosophy and this sounds a lot of things he sometimes <laughs> a lot like the things he sometimes shares with me <laughs> so uh, yeah this was interesting do you believe, do you believe <laughs> what Kellos is saying I mean so <laughs> I don't like how he puts this knowledge to use but um, so here's the thing I've, I've 
claimed several times to be an atheist and I am, but uh, like in the sense of like, I hate organized religion and whatever comes with it. But I guess in terms of like understanding consciousness, like I'm very open to theories of reincarnation, to theories like from the Buddhist philosophy and so on, like simply because <laughs> there's no proof to the contrary. And I don't think we understand it enough to say, nah, it's all in the brain. <laughs> so so yeah, I'm I'm open. I don't actively believe it, but I'm open to the idea that this is true. Mm. Yeah, but in in the book universe, in the book universe, Carlos is saying something he knows. Is he just saying random philosophical thing to try to manipulate Kamian? I mean, it sort of tracks with the philosophy of the Dunian, doesn't it? So, if Callus believes in the Dunian mm-hmm. believes the Dunian teachings or follows them to the letter, then I feel like it tracks. Well, but also, I could be projecting what I know of the Buddhist philosophy in the real world. What, what, what is it? I'm sorry. What is it that Kelly says? Like, it, it, is it different than the epigraph? It's related, but different. Yeah, it says something to the effect that souls, um, the bodies are uh, breaches for the universal so let me try and find it I yeah know. but there's only one soul like yeah. god and that manifests itself through all the different people pretty much but we're all part of the same god the same entity just sort of aspects or like yeah like you said like breaches so is this I, I, remind me of the context for this uh because I'm, I'm hazy on this discussion is this him preaching as a prophet or is this something he's like legitimately like trying to like impart as sort of a dunyan value because that to me doesn't sound like a dunyan thing it's him talking to a kamian uh to sort of um i guess to make him sort of make him think that he's saved i guess like they're all the same he's not like damned like it's in that conversation yeah Yeah. right well i mean he's being manipulated but we've also seen in the past that he does use the truth just says it in slightly different ways yeah. right just like when he says i need to go see my father it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you're also Ill- implying that your father is god okay yeah I-, I think you um mentioned the part that i did object to that i don't necessarily believe that he believes that the universal soul is god like i, I don't think mm. that he believes in a god or that if he does believe in a god like i, I don't think that this is his version of the God. But again, like exactly. it's hard to tell with this series how much I'm projecting my own thoughts onto the characters. And maybe it's designed to be that way. But um, yeah, but I, the universal I, soul bit, maybe. Well, I, 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 I don't think you're projecting here at all. I mean, Kellis, I feel like has explicitly told, I mean, maybe I'm misremembering. It's certainly possible. But uh, if Kellis hasn't explicitly said he doesn't believe in a God, that certainly would be in line with the Dunyan philosophy, where they seem to be like ultra rationalists. And, you know, despite the fact that there is some kind of, uh, you could say mumbo jumbo, that's maybe a derogatory way to refer to some of how they, I only mean that in terms of like, what they accomplish is so far beyond what is actually like humanly possible that uh you know that that's all i mean by that um 
you know, Kellis is basically a superhuman, right? He, I mean, he's a, he's a philosophical thought experiment um, and well executed in that. I, I, I don't mean that as a criticism at all, but, you know, with the Dunian philosophy, right, that they're, they're, I don't see them and therefore I don't see Kellis as believing in a, like a higher power. To me, they view, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I get the sense that they, I mean, he didn't even believe magic was real before he entered the world, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. That's just my reading of it. But again, I may be misremembering something. And certainly, Kellis's point of view, his personal opinions have been obscured. Like, it wasn't even clear that he actually was told to go kill uh, Moingus until, like, fairly late, I feel like, in the story. Like, yeah, I, re I remember he told Nair that. That wasn't, like, we didn't get his thought, like, oh, I'm going to go kill him. Uh, so that was really mysterious for us for a long time. So his opinions on God, like, who knows? Yeah. But even if it's just talking about the soul, the soul there's still something which is falls within, I, I, I would say, metaphysics. And from mm. what we've heard like his beliefs and everything about Dunier, I don't think we've heard anything about that their philosophy has anything on metaphysics, right? It, it's all right. like psychology. It's all like internal. It's all, it could all be very like, you know, rational and like materialistic, I guess, and, you know, like you were saying, but there might be those aspects, but we just never heard him think about those things. Like he believes in, Right. Philosophy. I, and I feel like if he does believe in God, he doesn't necessarily believe that God is like yeah. actively engaging with people, you know, that like, you know, sort of the deist view of things I, I, I feel like would map on to my understanding of how he views the world um, based on our limited understanding of, of the Dunyane and their whole deal. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't know. And just to be clear, in case anyone doesn't know, the deist idea uh, is that God exists, but God basically like created the universe and then peaced out and like <laughs> does not engage with humanity or with life in general. Hmm. So the, I mean, I guess the other way, which for me doesn't track that he actually believes in a God of the, the kind that the, the men of the tusk worship right like that's who he's saying uh he's convincing a and you're not damned because uh -huh. you know you are closer to god than the rest of them are that's kind of what he's impl implying in that conversation but also like if everybody is <laughs> sort of a breach of the uh primary soul what reason does that soul have to send like sun proxies and like give people punishments and stuff and like test their faith, whatever it is they believe. He is very much encouraging all of those beliefs. He's not telling them anything that's contrary to their religion, as far as we know, uh, except for, you know, like you, the sorcerers are not damned anymore, but, but then he's still finding uh, reasoning from the, philosophy of that religion like from the base of the philosophy of the religion to do his convincing like to even the subversions that he's doing so i don't think for that reason i don't think he actually believes this or that mm. maybe the universal soul but and that i think um i i kind of think the the big meditation sequence we saw was it in the first book? Is um, 
it concludes in their in a view of their metaphysics does it not like how people think like he sees how the soul moves and the things that move it and this seems like an extension that um you can only be in that state where nothing moves you if you realize that you're connected to said universal soul like it feels like a good extension of that philosophy don't know if he actually believes it though do we know who memgoa is and what the celestial aphorisms uh like what that what that is as a book that's the epigraph the first mm-hmm. epigraph i looked it up he's a zeumi uh say it. it's not the right word he's not a prophet he's a he's a zeumi like a saint uh, dang it <laughs> who, who are the zeuni again that sounds familiar but i i can't remember i think you said it dan they're the african equivalent okay yeah um, i think like ethiopian sort of vaguely equivalent or yeah like african yeah the guy's far to the left as a as in west he's not he's, he's a sage <laughs> uh, sage and philosopher <laughs> known in the three c's for his celestial aphorisms okay because to me his what he's saying there i mean maybe i'm misreading it but is I mean, obviously, it concludes with the idea that there isn't a soul, and it's basically saying the soul is an illusion, and that whatever creates the illusion of the soul is like what is actually there, right? That the soul is like the circle, you know, it's how we per- like humans perceive uh, their reality, but it's not actually what the reality is. Uh, that there's something comes before that, right? Like the, you know, you could just say it's like in the most literal sense, I guess, the brain or, you know, the darkness that comes before in a philosophical sense. I, you know, I think there's a lot of ways to define it, but I, I would be really curious to hear the Dunyane talk about all of this stuff because I'm sure they, they do have a very distinct, maybe maybe they would disagree about, you know, different things. I don't know, you know, when they reach their level. Conversations amongst Dunyane. <laughs> yeah. Do they, what do they do all day? You know, do they, do they argue? <laughs> Themselves? Do they just like torture people for experiments, you know, for fun? Like, what, 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 what what's their day to day? Maybe just meditation. Just meditating. You know, since we're kind of like monks, I guess. Yeah, right? the worst monks ever in the world. <laughs> cruel, cruel monks. The logos has no beginning or no end. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they say all day long. <laughs> the. So that okay, so yeah, that's the other possibility, I guess, to your question, Dan. That we know that he's been studying the philosophies, Akamian has been teaching, and he's like sort of acquiring them and drawing conclusions at them from them at a startling rate. So maybe, maybe he saw this and he's like, Oh, how can I use it to manipulate Akamian and the rest of the people? So that's possible too. So, um, my reading on that section was i or i thought that's what um i thought i thought he was going to say that this is how we get to the thousandfold thought which i'm still not totally clear on Mm. um but this this sense of we are all one consciousness um you know we are there we're all god um we're the same person to me was leading up to that and then he was, I thought that was interesting where he was saying, this is why um, it's talking about, I guess, sight and, and uh, why um, why those who see the 
who are able to see the view are able to grasp a little bit of, of, of this um, concept. And then it explained, I didn't quite understand it. So, uh, but then something about how the Kisharam, this kind of explained how they are able to, um, this is why they are blind because there's, there's so much of what they're able to perceive that if their, their blindness kind of limits, it kind of helps them in some way with their, um, maybe with their sorcery. Yeah, but it's I like, found that to be very esoteric. Um, they're definitely, yeah, it, 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 all of that was very esoteric. <laughs> it's an interesting conversation, particularly, I think, because of the personal aspect of it. You know, I mean, the fact that Akamian is grappling with so much. And also in the context of, you know, how his story develops, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the rest of this section, yep. that uh, certainly he has been... And his relationship with Kellis has been challenged, and Kellis is not yet aware of that fact. Yeah. What I did find interesting, I've been finding uh, quite fun in this really sort of is identifying all the um, like the vaguely not vaguely. It's like a lot of the stuff is very sort of Christian theology, but slightly changed but mm-hmm. still super recognizable. Like when he says, I think he said something along the lines of like, don't judge us by our, uh, mm. but by our temptations. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. that's not, you know, that's not the <laughs> correct line, but it could be like, it feels like it could come from the Bible or something like that. Right. Yeah. It's almost the Lord's prayer. Right. It's, it's yeah. Almost, it's like slightly, everything is like slightly different. Yeah. Yeah, but it just feels, you know, it gives that vibe without being the same. Like, it's different enough, but, you know, I, I find it quite interesting how he just changes it slightly, but preserves the whole feeling. To, yeah, to kind of, Dr. Sorry, go ahead. Go. I was just going to say to springboard off what Mike was saying earlier, are we supposed to understand what the thousandfold dot is at this point? Because, like, I was unclear Hmm. But I wasn't sure if I missed something too. Um, okay. Okay. That's good. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I only say that because for the other two books, the title was mentioned earlier on. So um, yeah. <laughs> I guess he's not following, Baker's not following that trend here. But I was assuming we we're leading. We're I think we get hints at it, right? I feel like we're leading up to it. Um, and I think it has something to do with like total domination and thought control like able like he's kellis is kind of able to uh, possess people now it seems am i right like he's done things like didn't he do like a darth vader trick on uh akamian the last time and then he did something with esmanet here um which i don't think he's like I, i don't think he's like literally doing psychic stuff I, I think okay, it's just yeah. he's it's the same old things as it's always been um, in terms of just he has a preternatural ability to make people. Uh, but, but now he can use magic, right? Right Tools. now he can, he's, yeah. Okay. Like his halos and stuff like that, right? Except we don't. I mean, is that like seemingly that's real? Because even Akamian sees it. But like, what's up with that? We still I mean, it's just a magic thing that he made up, right? It could be. 
I guess is he just I just feel like a Camion would recognize it if that was like a spell. Yeah. You know. Very strange. Yes. Yeah. Can he can he do magic without the mark? Like kind of like the scissorum? Did he figure that out? No. Well, he has a mark now, right? He's yeah. learning the gnosis, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing the mandate stuff. Yeah. Which which but, you know. Are we supposed to understand it as like he learned it all so quickly because he understood their philosophies like so quickly that it was the idea is yeah. that if you if you get the philo- like the magic itself is philosophy and you like essentially manipulate the universe through yeah. these like philosophies and their like spoken word that sort of thing which even explained that like the way they say it is just like I think in that conversation with Akamian right or one of the other ones where they talk about the idea that like it's not even really the words themselves it's just like the like kind of the idea like that you're you're creating this power uh, yeah. and that the words are sort of a vector for that power i think that's why that's also what akamian says when he was instructing him at the beginning it's like it requires like clear intent and purpose and like logic and stuff like that and i think that's why he's so good because that's literally what he's made for right right hmm. Uh, just really, just really quickly, because I found it. Um, page two sixty six. There's two two quick lines. May your bread silence our daily hunger. And on two sixty seven, um, judge us not according to our trespasses, but according to our temptations. Yeah. Yes. Very, very Bible like. Yeah. yeah. Very it's, close. It it's line for line, like with slight modifications. The Our Father who art in heaven. Right. The Lord's Prayer. prayer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but okay. I mean the, the concept is different. It is like if you actually think about it, it's like okay, yeah. it sounds yeah. the same, it gives you a feeling, but yeah. what it's actually saying is slightly different. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the, in the Lord's prayer, it's forgive us our temptation. Like it, it's like <laughs> it is fundamentally different. It's like taking, it's like an intentional kind of perversion of some of the idea, yeah. which makes me like curious too, because like like I think you know we've talked about how you know in the real world certainly as in the books uh faiths can be manipulated and you know i mean these are based on the crusades right which were very real holy wars that happened and uh but like when when you look at like sort of you're talking about philosophies like at least a lot of the ideas that like you know jesus as a figure proposed you know whatever you know you want to talk about historically like turn the other cheek like a lot of the things is like you know, one of his titles is like the Prince of Peace, which of course you have a lot of Christian sects that are actually warmongery and like seem to like be very different. Is that Inri Sejina's deal too? Or are we supposed to interpret it as like this like different, slightly like twisted version of that? That's unclear to me at this point because we keep getting these prayers that are like slightly perverted versions, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's like... I don't think we've seen any part of like the compassion part of Christianity. We've seen like that's, um, yeah, that's what I'm only like the militant, the you right. know, the faith war, the, that sort of stuff, right? Right. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think what we've heard of Sujanus, but because yeah. was he? He wasn't. Do we know? Was he like a warrior, or was he like? Was he? You know. He wasn't a carpenter, I don't think. No. I'm trying to think. That that would be too on the nose even for Bacon. 
maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. A, oh, sorry. I think he was a plumber. A plumber. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I, I think for the context, right, like a, a, a plumber or like something like that, obviously, you, you know, we're being facetious here, right? But I think there is something to the idea of like, the idea is, you know, this common person, right? This person who is like, a yeah. movie, uh, is the prophet versus like, a lot of the times it is like a prince or a king, you know, like, like talk about like, mm. uh, Buddha, for example, was like, I think a prince, um, before he like gave everything away. And, you know, uh, mm. Muhammad, you know, was a merchant, I know first before, and then he became a warlord. Like what's I, that context, I think like shapes things. Right. So that's what I'm curious about. Henry Sejanus is like, what do we know about him? You know, what is his background? I don't know if we know that. The, the yeah. glossary doesn't hmm. tell us much. It says he's the latter prophet and spiritual founder of the thousand temples who claimed to be the pure incarnation of absolute spirit. So that bit, maybe it's not Dunian philosophy, maybe it's just the Tusk philosophy. The very proportion mm -hmm. of God, that's what the absolute spirit is, sent to amend the teachings of the Tusk. After his death and supposed ascension to the nail of heaven, his disciples recounted his life and teachings in the tractate. Yeah, this is all stuff we already knew. I mean, except for the nail of heaven thing. <laughs> And again, I, I think this is something that maybe we'd briefly discussed before too, but just like circling back to the thousandfold thought, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that we have this faith that is the thousand temples and about these thousand gods that are actually one God. And then you have this whatever philosophical idea that maybe is a real power, I don't know, <laughs> that's <laughs> called the thousandfold thought. Like it does seem like I'm, I'm with Mike that it seems like to be some sort of like my instinct or it's not just instinct, but kind of intuition is that it is some kind of like control thing, you know, that, that there's this idea that, I don't know, it's gotta be something related to that. Right. Like, and that their faith and like a thousand fold. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm just speculating, theorizing, I guess we're going to find out next week. Yeah. Do you think the, that Moengus has taken over the Fanim faith? Like, um, What's his name? Kellis. Kellis has taken over the 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 task. Like that basically he's their religious leader now, Moingus. Mike's I, nodding his head. I, think so. I mean he's had he's had thirty years, right? Like unless yeah. he's like way lamer than Kellis. <laughs> but that's yeah. the part that, that I, I I'm really struggling with. So the wheat isn't it? It's, I forget who's saying it, but uh, I think we've heard it a few times now where it's like he's had 30 years to, and can you imagine how powerful he's going to be? Well, these guys are getting yeah. their butts kicked. So like, it, I'm, I'm totally like, <laughs> I'm very curious how this is going to um, all um, come to pass here in the last hundred pages, because either, either Moingus is, he's a kish, Kisharam or he or he's some or he's somebody we've already met like I'm I'm you know what I mean like right why why and what side is he on kind of uh, these are the kind of questions that are I was right. a little uh, frankly I was a little bit disappointed I thought we'd get a little bit more <laughs> I agree you no know, I, I I feel like I'm being 
I, I'm unfortunately the metaphor that comes to mind is edged. Like we're, we're like, we keep creeping up and it's not quite getting there. Like I, I, I we got Mathanet. What's going on with, he shows up. He's like, by the way, we have these skin spies that we know about. And he was like, oh, so you knew about the skin spies? What's going on with you? <laughs> I, I, I only got like two pages of Mathanet. So I like, know I was so, I felt so teased. I couldn't believe it. it <laughs> Um, but I guess, you know, these final hundred pages, lots going to happen. Did, did the scene with Mathanet, how do I ask this? The, does it make you think, did it make you think that it's definitely not Moingas or did it give you reason to think more? Well, I, 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 I felt even more cause I was like, like, this is weird. Right, like mm. what he he clearly something's got, like we're not just getting teased with him for no reason, but at the mm. same time that doesn't seem to make sense because everyone seems to be convinced he's in Shime. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe that's the author like playing with us, right? Maybe that's the bait and switch. Is like you're told that the entire time, but at the same time, the way it's presented, Baker has to know the readers are thinking so yeah. it's weird. This Nathan, that guy, he came out of nowhere and he has all of these like abilities yeah. that seem to line up with Dunya and stuff. I, I don't know. And, but and do you think Ellis would not would not know would not realize if Moengus was Nathanet? He's pretty smart. He, I mean, he hasn't met him though. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. He seems to deduce a lot, even from not meeting people. I don't even know what he thinks of Nathanet. Have we figured out what he thinks of Nathanet? Have we been given an opinion about Nathanet? I don't. I don't. I don't know. No. I mean, he did kind of only just now. It seems like figure out that. All the decisions that he thought he was making had been laid out for him by Moengus. That's the conclusion he comes to, right? So, sort of, right? Well, he says it's conditioned ground, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't say that it's conditioned like against him or for him. Like, he just says it's conditioned that like, this is favorable to what his plans are, right? Or- but we don't know what he's trying to do, really. Like, why is he trying to bring the Holy War to Shime, because that's what the consult wants, right? So why is he doing what they want? And and apparently uh, he wants him to take over the war against the consult from the mandate, or he doesn't want the mandate to fight them. One of those he wants to be on the side of the consult. No, that seems weird, but... He this... definitely doesn't want that. Mm. I mean, I don't know, maybe unless he... We're kept at such a distance with him that like it's hard to tell sometimes like especially in this book i feel like we haven't gotten very many povs i I, did we get i feel like we've maybe had a couple povs of his in this book but like especially in this book he's been kept at a distance yeah like maybe there's only been the one that we just read right Mm -hmm. during his confrontation that's the only one i can think of we had the letter think uh was that in book two yeah the letter from oh i thought there was a letter from him but there was some am i making wait who's the him we are talking about sorry okay okay yeah yeah oh yeah 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 Mason that we definitely kept at a distance. I mean, yeah, we, okay. we have we haven't had a yeah, single had POV of his. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have that letter he wrote. Um, so he, I don't know. He's. It seems less to me like 
that he is mowing us right now uh but it could also be bait and switch because one he's a he's got a black beard apparently Kellis is blonde but okay maybe he dyed it or whatever or the mother was blonde uh, does it work like that? Is that the dominant gene? And then, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. How, how does it work? Yeah, I think he's too young. I think they said he's too young. That that's that's the big thing, right? Is he's too young? Mm -hmm. It seems like like it seems like he's like, I, I I don't know how old actually. It's, that's a little unclear, but it doesn't seem like he's as old as Moingus is. Mm. But he has the eyes, doesn't he? He has like bright blue eyes, which is one of the defining Norserai features. And he's wearing a Korai, which, I mean, if Kellis has concluded correctly, Moengus is a sorcerer now. Korai affect Caesarim too, right? No. No, yeah, yeah, but they do. They do. Oh, they, do? they do. I'm affect pretty them. sure they do. So it's just that they can't see the mark because yes. they have like a different philosophical something or another with the magic. Yeah. Okay. Unless I'm wrong, Steve, right? They, they, they do affect the Cesarean too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's strongly hinted. But I think I, it's I happening like it. in a battle that they used. They, maybe not. Oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, that, that would make sense because otherwise I feel like they would just be sweeping, you know? Because that, that's the whole, like, on a, on a meta level the Korai exists to like balance things, right? Otherwise the, the sorcerers would be like unstoppable. So I feel like that's, they must, right? They must also yeah. counter they, they did. They did use it in one of the battles in the Holy War against the Caesarim. Okay. Not, not the one in which um, the Padi Raja died. The one just before that. I think the one that Sauborn led, if I remember correctly. Okay. Was it that one? But there was. There was one in which they sent them to the center and then they heard the system. Uh I can't remember. But I seem to recall that that did happen. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Maithanet knows about the consult all along. What are we supposed to make of that? Or at least for a while. I mean, I don't know. It's unclear to me how long he's known, but clearly it, it hasn't been like a super short period. Like it wasn't like he he found the skin spies. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, and you know, so far, Kellis has been the only one who's able to identify them. So he must be some sort of like... He must have similar skills. So... No, he's definitely like... He's Dunyain, or he like yeah. has been trained by Moingus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, Mayfair is also the one that called the Holy War, right? Yes. Yes. So wh why? Is he doing I what the concept was? <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm, 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 I'm increasingly convinced that this is all like Moingus's plan. I don't understand mm. what the plan is, but there, it clearly seems like, I mean, if we, if we think about, again, what Kellis has done in like a year and ha the plans he's laid, you think of 30 plus years and it's like, okay, clearly Moingus has been, he's had a lot of time to come up with his grand strategy. Now, what that grand strategy is, I don't, I don't understand. But <laughs> just like we don't know what the Benny Jesuit want, we don't know what Moingus wants. Right. Exactly. It's, it's all a mystery. Hmm. 
I mean, we have to find out like one way or another, even, I mean, I don't know there's four more books. So maybe, mm. I don't know. Do we know what the council wants? They've been, we've had a bit of a discussion with Carlos, right? Or was that confrontation where they said some things? They definitely have given us kind of their POV and like what their intentions are, which as far as I remember is like classic evil, like we want to like ruin everything and maybe kill everyone, you know, it's like creating vo the void. I don't know. They're just why do lovers, though. <laughs> <laughs> do they just want to be reunited with their bodies? It seems that they're echoes of some distant body somewhere. Oh, before we get into that, sorry. The uh -huh. implication, he said that the Maithanet um, tells, who, what's his name, Nodzara, that it, this uh, the concert that he found was special because he has a soul and yeah. others apparently don't. And I think it was in this section, also the conversation, I forget between whom, Kellis and... Um, Esmanet, I think, and maybe Akamian was there too, that that these creatures don't feel very much. Um, they only, or they don't have a lot of depth. They just have base reactions. But that is enough to fool most people into thinking that the humans are them. So they have this moment of sadness where they're like, oh, that's, um, that's enough for most humans. So one, are, are they implying that sorcerers have souls and the others don't? Or or is the necessity of a soul or, or... I think so because I think I, I also had trouble with that but I think they what I'm thinking is that to do sorceries to be damned so if you to be damned you have to have a soul so you can't do sorcery without having a soul because you have nothing to be damned I guess because if I don't know, if there was a way to do sorcery without soul, then maybe it would possibly create objects or something that, to do sorcery. I, I, I follow what you're saying. It's That's kind of circular logic, but yeah. like within what we've been told, I think it also makes sense. Uh, the, my question is, how do they even know they have souls? I mean, I guess they do magic. Like, is that it? Is that is that a simple? Yeah, I think that's they the... Do, I, they fundamentally I assume that's what they're thinking. I that like yeah you just if you can do magic i i don't know i mean i don't know how that fits in with the dunyane's philosophy too uh, that is unclear to me at this point yeah yeah it's on 265 um it says it was it's an accident and anomaly that thankfully the architects have been unable to recreate they mm. skin spy with the ability to work sorcery this year of a thousand temples said Grimacing with exertion, a skin spy with the soul. So that kind of confirms what I think. Be, what speculation is here that because they have a soul, they are able to do magic. Or yeah, be source, work sorcery. Yeah, but I guess we don't know if it's what they think or if that's true, right? Right. Because we really don't know what damnation is. I mean, right. What does it mean? And. Eric pointed out in the comments, and I thought it was a great point that um, that we also don't know what salvation means. It's true. That, yep. Um, yeah, there's a lot of talk about damnation. Yeah. And but it's not a lot of talk about you know what are they? What's the salvation of a soul? What are they trying to gain here? Right. Mm. Is it paradise? I, is it? I I'm gonna want to throw this out here. This is something we talked about doing before. Could we do 
um, maybe a, a live stream or something talking about this trilogy. Because I, I would love to engage too with whoever is listening. You know, if there are people, because uh, clearly there are some comments, right? And I'm, I'm curious what other people, you know, their mm. input, their thoughts too. Yeah, it'd be yeah. cool. We could do that. Yeah. All right, like random, that. random interjection. Um, <laughs> Back, back to sorcery and souls. Yes. We should also make a list of topics for that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you can also just collect like, like questions and thoughts from our people before mm-hmm. I right? have a long list. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or you can also just go through the, what's it called? The three C's uh, forums and stuff like that. And find all those. <laughs> So yeah. much discussion. <laughs> so, our yeah, we haven't figured out if there's heaven or not in their beliefs. I mean, clearly there's something, but yeah, they <laughs> there is a nail of heaven that apparently Satan is ascended to. How do they? Is that where they go when they die? If is that what salvation is? You go to the nail of heaven, which I thought they... doesn't move across the sky. Oh yeah, that's the the star, right? Yeah. Yeah. How, do, yeah, yeah. how are we, how, like have they defined what they believe happens in the afterlife? I feel like that is a a, a missing piece here. I, that is pretty significant. Because uh, that you mean you mean the Inrithi, right? Because there's yes. multiple religions here. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, fair enough, <laughs> right? Like any one of them, what do they believe happens? You know, we know damnation, right? For sorcerers <laughs> and harlots and all the people they view as you know other, but like what? What's the heaven equivalent? What do they believe? You know? Yeah. And it's a very interesting way that the word is used because in the real world, each religion has its concept of punishment. And I think it's largely, damnation is largely a Christian concept, right? Is it also Islamic? But, yeah. um, but, Jewish <laughs> fair. But, um, that class of religions that all originated from each other, um, that means something specific right per religion and but even in each religion there are definitions i think if i'm not wrong and what it means how you will suffer etc like you could throw in hinduism and other multi-god religions in there as well like the concept of punishment but that's what that is it's punishment slash eternal damnation what was my point yeah so the it's still (laughs) used in without qualification right it's not you're damned per the task or the scissorim are apparently just as damned as the uh mandate none of them are accepted or follow (laughs) any religion yet they are damned well the the scissorim follow the phantom religion Mm, they do right but the man is coolman the Scarlet Spires, they don't follow? I mean, it's implied that they believe... Do they... In... There, there, there definitely in is Sorry, the but... implication that, like, they don't follow it. If if they are in Rithi, they don't follow it to the same... Like, I remember in this section, Elizaris thinking something... Like, I'm Scarlet Spires... It, it was basically like I forget exactly what his uh, thought process was, what the implication was, other than that, like they clearly thought 
that they were different. Maybe it's just because they're damned, you know, but they, mm -hmm. they don't follow it as stringently. They're not Maybe as... once you're like, well, I'm already damned, so fuck everything else. Right. Might as well. How much worse can it, can it, can it get? Right? Like you, yeah, <laughs> like you think about uh, the mandate, right, and, and Akamian specifically, and he is a big skeptic, and I don't think that's just his character, although it is his character, certainly, but like, mm. he's like... The schoolmen we know of are not zealots. Yeah. Uh, except, I mean, well, the, maybe the Fanim uh, or the Sisharan, although they, there isn't, like, they're fighting this holy war, I don't think because it's a holy war. It's because it lines up with their political ambitions. Like, the Scarlet Spires, that's really clear, is everything yeah. they're doing is for political ambitions because they want to destroy the Sisharan and specifically for revenge for killing their leader. Yeah. Uh, but. but you go ahead. I, I think the Cesarim are like within the Phantom religion, if I remember correctly. They're not like, for, in their eyes, I don't think they're damned. I think. Okay. I don't remember why. Maybe it's like, oh, they don't have a mark. That's why we're but not damned. The mark. <laughs> could be. I don't remember. But I feel like they're, it's like it's, a, it's integrated within the religion, I, if I remember correctly. I don't remember oh, if. Who was the, yeah, like the founder of the Fanim religion? Fane. Was, yeah, was he Mrs. Harim? <clears throat> no. That's, I don't feel like we've had that implied. And it's definitely not remember. said. Because there was something, like there was someone that came out of a desert bearing the water of uh, whatever. In the founder of it, yeah. <laughs> Which was like the founder of a Cesarim. But I don't remember if it was a same person. Or, but... Yeah. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Maybe Kellis stole from that playbook then. What yeah, do you mean? did the integration of the Cesarim into the religion happen in the last 30 years? Is that what Moengus was up to with them? But maybe not. Like, <laughs> you're probably right that it goes back much farther. No, what I meant, uh, sorry, Carl, what I meant was that the, um, yeah, that Kellis is integrating the sorcerers into the religion right they're no oh, yeah. longer damned according to him so i i you know now that we're talking about i hadn't fully processed this but i think that's just like a smart political decision on his part like you think about it like the fanim have their own sorcerers so like the enrithi should probably have their own sorcerers mm -hmm. to counter i mean some of them do i guess you know the um uh what the yeah. nansuri the sink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I again unclear exactly if they're technically the the psych or if they're in Rithi too or not, but certainly they fall within that culture. Um, and yeah, you would think the rest of the in Rithi should have their own sorcery equivalent just to counteract, like politically. Yeah. So but yeah, you're right. But something I've also wondered like reading these books it's like for how much everything is central about religion we know so little about religion mm -hmm. and so much about what we've heard about religion is like it's not like oh you did that thing or you did that other thing it's more like you are that thing so you're damned you know right which is but yeah it's like i always want like oh what exactly do they believe in yeah i don't think we've really been uh, so I, I cheated a little bit, and in the in the glossary, it, it says that um, 
the, I mean, I think somebody said I'm allowed to, to look in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. According to the Fainum tra- religious tradition, the prophet mm-hmm. Fain became the first of the Sasharim after mm-hmm. he went blind in the desert. So okay. I think you nailed it, right. Dan. Um, yeah. But this is, re- I think this is really interesting. So they're, they claim, this is the uh, Fain's claim that the true power of the solitary God cannot be exercised so long as one sees the profane world. And this is why initiates, initiates voluntarily blind themselves at a certain point yeah. in their study. It goes, I won't read the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen that all the Cesarim are all, yeah, they're all blind, right? Mm-hmm. Now we don't know if it's just ritual or if there's an actual purpose to it. Right. But, Something that didn't strike me until I think Daniel or, Ke- or Katerina mentioned this on the first read is that we don't really get a phantom point of view. Yeah. I'm missing no. it. But I, I think I'm convinced that it's just because we have to keep the longest thing secret. Yeah. Mm. I, I wish we had it. But we're, we, we like very briefly, like we, we get the, the first uh, Padiraja like when he's d- about to get killed. I remember we have that one scene where he's like, he burns a letter. Yep. Mm. But yeah, I what wish we could. What point of view would you like to see from the, from the Phantom side? Uh, the Padi Raja would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the guy who met with the uh, now dead Emperor Zerius who did the, the, the face thing, like projected uh, yeah. I forget who that. I mean, that guy seemed pretty cool. I don't know. Um, like a Cesarean yeah. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But again, right. I feel like that, that there, it probably is a decent chance. It. I mean, the reason we're not seeing it, other than that, it would like make these books twice as long. <laughs> is uh, you know, I think it probably would give away the the game. To some degree, at least. Mm. I I, I think I kind of miss that as well because I feel like when when the um, when the uh, when Baker is describing what's happening to the the Fainum or the the Kianine, I don't care as much. Or I, you know, it just kind of feels kind of like blah. But I I know it's it's awful what they're you know what's happening to them. They're <laughs> getting slaughtered, right? But since we don't have the perspective, we don't really you know what I mean. Like I feel like yeah, I, I also feel like it's missing. Um, and so like there's a lot of well, we talked about this before, but there's just a few passages where I'm just like, I I don't know enough about these people to understand like what you're describing here. So, um, but I, yeah, I, I don't want the books necessarily to be longer. However, they got shorter. This one is, is shorter. Um, but uh, yeah, most likely there is a big reveal coming to explain. That's one of the things we should start writing these down. We need to have a big discussion. That's one of the things that maybe will come up. This is something I'm sure we will get an answer to, but something that occurred to me as we were talking about this, if Moingus is one of the Sisharim, he's got to be blind, right? So he can't be made the net unless he's not actually a part of their organization. I mean, because he does magic. He like, we know he does it. So theoretically he's got to be one of them. Right. So, and we know he has his little cult within them. So he had to have blinded himself. 
Maybe he manipulated them and convinced them, like, oh, I'm the first Cesarum that doesn't need to blind himself or something. Like, he's the next prophet or something. I mean, that's fair. I I guess, I forget, have his cult members he sent, they've been blind too, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe they were there already. So I guess that doesn't mean anything. I don't know. What about the, but uh, I think this is one of the last chapters. There's like a, there's like a, a blind beggar that meets mm. Ellis. He's like, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be your doom. And then Kellis like immediately murders him. Yeah. Um, well, that, that, that's definitely just one of the cult members, right? Like that's his dad sent yeah. him and was like, I was wondering, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, I guess we haven't, have we seen Kellis? Tell us one well, way or another. That that definitely was my thought. Is like we see it as like, oh, it's another one of these guys. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like he was even blind, wasn't he? Yeah. Doesn't Kellis think about like he says, oh, that's what he said, like that sentence or something. Like your father is, or there, no, only one. Tree only one goes, yeah. In... Only one tree in the whole. Yeah. yeah. But we we also are meant to think like because in the next chapter after that happens. They say something like the consul say something like, "Oh, he's taken the bait or something." So we're also meant to think that he's also part. Of, you know, I thought the bait was that. Um, what was the bait? He took the skin spy, and so, uh, like, he took the skin spy mm. into his home, and so they f- uh, they then went to free said skin spy, invaded Esmanet. Tried to kill Akamin. I thought I thought that was the bait that that they mm-hmm. planted this thing that the Scarlet Spires got. And oh yeah, and and the thing thinks to itself that it's meant to be a sacrifice. Hmm. Oh yeah, because because they need a body inside so that the Sintis can then fly in. Yeah. Can, can we talk yeah. about that? Like what all happened? Because I totally I, I I'm I'm gonna be honest. I like forgot about that whole thing with the consult. Were they like possessed? Esmanet? For a while, I just yeah. thought it was like a skin spy, but no, she, it was like it was her possessed. How did? What is that? What's going on there? That that was crazy. How creepy was that? It's super creepy. Was it not a skin spy? I thought it was. Yeah, it was. The skin spy was the other one that went to a camion. I think you're also meant before that happens to think that Esmanet was the skin spy, because or be yeah. I don't know, it's very, but whole sequence is very disgusting, perverse, yes. let's say, very. She was hmm. violated again, and in a different way. It's horrible. A poor, poor woman. Yeah, yeah. I felt terrible for, for her, yeah. And then Kellis just hits her, right? Because <laughs> it, it was, that is her, right? And she, like she said, she, she believes that what she said is like her saying it. Just like when... The cans of compulsion make you say things, so you don't. They literally make you. It's like you're saying it. Mm. Horrible. So, yeah. Speaking of um, the epigraph from the second chapter, mm-hmm. I think. What do you guys make of this? As uh, the idea that volition itself is one of the movers of the soul. The fact that those compelled unerringly think themselves free shows that volition is one more thing moved in the soul and not the mover we take it to be. I mean, it makes sense. 
doesn't it? Yeah. But Again, you're... the illusion of free will, basically, is yeah. what it's talking about, right? Isn't that what that's saying? That free will is an illusion? Yeah. Is that there was some study, I forget the details, I kind of wish I could look it up again, but there was some study that showed that neurons fire in the brain several time units before you actually move the hand. So you mm. think that you decided to move the hand, but actually <laughs> the, the firing happened much before. I think it. they say that the neurons fire, decision, then hand moves, something like that. that. That was the experiment. I wonder if this is based on that or a similar concept, whatever is written here. <laughs> Which I, that also is like, you know, that, that opens the philosophical door, right? It asks the question of like, well, how do you even define free will, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked before about like the question of, of time. I think it was in this, well, on one of the earlier books and like, you know, whether like it's deterministic or not and the future's already set. Yeah, it was because Kellis was wondering about that, right? And mm -hmm. the question of free will. And like, Prophecy. even if the future is set, like, are you making the decision? Like, how do you define choice? Mm -hmm. You know, like if it's an illusion, even if it's an illusion, like if it's sufficiently real, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just a, something to think about, I guess. You know, I mean, that's no a real answer. question in, nor in like a real world theology. That's, real, right? that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like God is supposed to see everything in the future. So how can there be free will if he already <laughs> knows what's going to happen? Right. Right. So, yeah, not I, an easy answer, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we'd get to an answer, but I, I think, yeah, I love that we can discuss things on two levels with this book, like one on like the real world implication, like what do you think of this as an absolute concept? And in terms of how it applies to the book, I think the scene that we mentioned, we saw that significantly right after Esmond, um or sequence rather, not just the scene. After the thing leaves Esmanet, she remembers everything she did and that was said to her during. And she she has trouble believing that the desire wasn't her own, and that it, it was induced, but she's like, whatever was induced <laughs> was already there. So that's interesting that, that she's sort of holding on to this notion that she is the originator of her uh, behavior, right? Even though she was compelled into it. Yeah. Right. Again, it's it's a it's a moral philosophical quandary, right? It's like if you felt in that moment like that is the thing you wanted to do, are you to blame, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the question with like capital punishment or anything today, right? You know, you're like people change, right? If you think in that moment, oh, I want to kill this person, but then like you live with that regret, you know, how do you define action? You know, if, if every, if you think about how every decision in a life, every outs external factor influences people, like how do you assign blame? It's tough. I mean, yeah, I, I, I certainly don't feel like Esmanette should blame herself for that because she got mind raped, uh, which, yeah. you know, as even as an unfortunate turn of phrase is like, what happened? Like, she yeah. again keeps getting violated it's horrible yeah it could also all be like just mechanical there's no like uh you know theological or metaphysical thing it's all mechanical it's just like the synthes just prods things in your brain that release chemicals that make you behave and that's what they do right 
Yeah. Maybe. Was was the Synthes not actively possessing her? Because that that's that's what how I interpreted it. But maybe I I misread that. That was. Well, we don't know how he's possessing her. Yeah, he is yeah. possessing her, but we don't know how. Right. Is it a magical thing? Do they know magic? Well, they de they definitely hot bodies, and I mean that's unclear if that's magic or not too. But we know that he, I forget what his name is, but the little crow dude had a different body and he thinks this new crow body is lame. <laughs> He's yeah, like, this, yeah. is, this is so, you know, it, this does not become me. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how all that works. That is certainly mysterious at this point. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to think, have they ever used, well, no, because we know that there's that skin by the spy that could use magic, right? So we, yes. Do know, but that was mandate magic. Do they have their own magic? Their own like school? <laughs> well, they have old science or whatever old what techni. That is right. some form of magic, or maybe it's just really, really advanced science. They did bring they are the creatures that brought brought the arc of arc of space into the world, right? Techni sounds like technology a lot. <laughs> Right, yeah, no, I, I think mean, it's called the old yeah, science. Yeah, yeah. Well, it also begs the question, like, you know, you have that like famous phrase that uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So, like, how do you even define, you know, where 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 are the limits here? Yeah, Unclear. actually, we were uh, Steve uh, and Varsha. Do you remember our discussion last week uh, on the Sci-Fi podcast where? <laughs> I said the exact same thing in the opposite way. It's like, oh, this is sci-fi, but what if it's magic? <laughs> it, could be ma it could be magic. Yeah, it could be. It could be. In love, uh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, we haven't we haven't heard from you for a while. What, what are your oh. continuing thoughts? I had to step away for a second there, uh, but um, I I thought that in I was just going back to chapter 14 and this is like as as it says that as was possessed by the Incoroi. Mm -hmm. um and then i had written that or I, I thought that it was the cancel compulsion that were used on her um but mm. uh so i don't but i then i was looking i didn't see so maybe i made that up or i don't know um but uh, oh, uh I, I had a similar question. Like I found that to be there is several things that were that went on with Esmanet, um, because I also built I also we also learned that, you know, Kellis used her again. And for a while there I was thinking, Oh, he was the one that possessed her <laughs> or something. So I was a, I, I admit to being a little confused maybe. Um mm -hmm. but that at the beginning the beginning of chapter 14 clarified it for me, but there was clearly, you know, Kellis kind of kind of threw her under the bus, uh, for lack of a better, better yeah. term. But, you know, um, I think, I think that, uh, Akamian noticed that as well. And, um, but I was trying to find where that, <laughs> there was just so much, again, like a lot, really, there's, there was a lot of kind of different scenes happening with, with her. And I just feel, I just agree with you. Like, I feel it's, um, you know, these, the, 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 the two women characters, like, yeah, there's just, I don't know. They, well, they, 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 they just get, uh, 
they just get violated left and right here. And uh, um, I think that I wanted to say the last time we met, sorry, I'm rambling now, but the last time we met, I was thinking like towards the end when Sarway was like getting killed and then again, and I was like, <laughs> so, you know, maybe Baker really doesn't like women or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was just like, I just felt bad. I just felt bad for that character because, as we said before, she didn't get that well developed. Um, but um, am I right that Kellis kind of used her, like, kind of like he manipulated her pretty badly here? I think it was in chapter twelve. Or yeah, I mean, he's continuing to right. Like that's she's certainly not. Uh, I mean, everyone gets manipulated by Kellis. Well. He, Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she has kind of also got, got some benefits, right? She's kind of risen up. She's, but it, it, like, if I um, was trying to find it though, um, anyway. You mean like, did he use like the cancer compulsion on her? Right. Right. Something along, okay. along those lines. If he did that, I missed that completely. Okay. I, I, I just remember him just talking to her and doing his usual Dunyan thing, but yeah. But unfortunately don't have the page number, but it's in chapter 12. I wrote down, you know, how did Kellis use Esmanet here? Did he want her to be taken over by the consult? It was right after he talked with a commune. So he laid out the trap, right? Like, so I think Kellis, the consult want put out a sacrifice to trap Kellis. Uh, I guess they just wanted to find out who the Dunian are from him directly. I guess that was their goal. Uh, they didn't want to kill him yet. Yeah. Um, and he apparently saw that coming and he set traps for them like what he did with Akamian. But he didn't do anything to protect Esmanen. Maybe he even meant for her to be used in the manner that she was used by the consult. I don't know how he forced all of that. That's kind of uh, lost on me, but um, I think he let Esmanet be taken by them. Right. Kind of like he let Survey die. Mm. I that's think what I... That, that was my conclusion. Yeah. Well, he didn't. I mean, no, he let Survey die. He didn't necessarily want it, though. Like, he, he grieved her, which I feel like we yeah. have. Yeah, he, he let them like it. It's not maybe it's not clear to me that he tried hard enough to make it go the other way. Do if this happens, he gets the outcome he wants, so he's okay with it, right? But I don't think he had any power in what happened in the whole sequence with Surway and him being, I guess, circumfixed, right? That, that was like his, like, you know, everything was going against him, sort of. I, uh, and he didn't have any power to manipulate the things, right? I mean, I, I think it's a little column A, a little column B, at least in my reading, which is like he set the events in motion. So he knew he was going to face something like this. And yes. even he knew he was going to, you know, quote unquote, die, right? Like he was creating this Messiah myth, right? And like every Messiah has to have a death before a resurrection, you know, it's sort of like his thought process. Uh, you know that's the that's the story, right? And did he say that? I can't remember. He was. Well, I think it was the first time that he seemed he was afraid. It seemed like he was okay. uncertain uh, towards the um, 
but before that those events, he seemed like he, things were almost like it was the first time you saw some cracks in his confidence. Right. If I remember correctly, like yeah, he set the events in motion, but it didn't happen the way he thought it would happen. Like he, because okay. he said, does say something also before in the previous book at the beginning or something. Like sometimes he had to just roll the dice and hope that it happened the way he wanted it, right? Just like that first battle with the, like that first battle, he didn't think that Salbon would win, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so I think that what actually happened when he got circumfix was like, yeah, that was not what he expected to happen. He took advantage of it after it happened, but there's a lot of stuff we don't know about what happened then, I guess. And it's, it is also confusing the way it's written. If I remember correctly, it's uh, yeah, a couple of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I circling back though, uh, pun mm-hmm. now intended after I said yeah. that, um, <laughs> I, I, I do think he didn't intend for survey to die. Like, I think he actively did not want that to happen. Yeah. And, that it did upset him uh, because the, the whole point is he's like, the, the thing that makes me feel that more than anything is that he was moved by it. Like that's what broke him. However, yeah. briefly, you know, that's, that's what made him feel again. He actually grieved her, uh, which I still don't yeah. fully know how to process that, but he also got angry at something as had said during her possession. Um, was it at the thought of losing her or, um, there was, was it... some emotion there somewhere. Yeah. Hey, right, yeah. I didn't remember exactly what it was, but I hate to yeah, say it, but I, I don't, I don't even believe that he actually cared. But because of all the conditioning that, mm-hmm. that these that they've done to these to, that that they've had in the as as you know growing up in the Dunian world, um, and it, sometimes we get glimpses as who he really is. There's a lot of time spent with him seeming like this real prophet and loving people and all of that, but I don't think they are capable of love. I, well, I think, I, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I mean, when we're in his POV personally, he, like, it scared him that he felt things. I mean, I, I, okay. I think it's an interesting philosophical question is like, how do you, you know, even define love and like, is he capable of love? Like, I, you know, I don't know. I, um, I don't but, think he thinks he is capable for sure. Right. But he, he, he legitimately grieved her. Like, like he was upset when she died mm-hmm. and it, and the fact that he was upset shocked him. And if anything, probably upset him <laughs> just as much, if not more than, the, you know, than her death, mm-hmm. uh, because it meant that, yeah. he, you know, he succumbed, right. He, he was true. an animal like other people. Uh, but yeah. I, you know, I, know, I certainly don't think that suddenly redeems him. Uh, he still is manipulating these people, you know, these women. Yeah. He, he d- treats them terribly. Yeah. Although, but I, mean, yeah. I don't think he know he knew that he would possess Esmond. I think he just knew that something was going to happen, just like he knew they were going to try to kill Akimia, but he didn't know how that would happen. Otherwise, right. Yeah, I don't think, because then he also gets, like, during his confrontation, he also gets, like, charmed, I guess, right? He's not, like, we see that he's doing things against his own will, because then he's like, 
oh, I, I see that he was, he's trying to do some magic on me or something because he puts on his wards and then it doesn't work anymore. But the, I don't think that was his plan, right? The, the lust stuff works on him. Like he yeah. started having physical reactions that were out of his control. How does that work? We don't know. We do not know. Other, other, yeah, all we know is these console people can make people really horny. Yeah. <laughs> it's all that is clear. Yeah, that's, that's their thing. It's, it's horny magic. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't think of it until you brought it up, Dan. But the the he put up wards that you have to know what you're warding against to do that. How? Do what? you? I do. Uh, yeah, do you? I don't know that you. I mean, I like, just like you're just like no no more magic. I I mean, I guess you're right. And like, I mean, I don't know how wards work. I I guess. Yeah, that's a thing. I mean, can you just say like what? You have to know how you're being influenced to say, stop influencing me this way, right? Like, at least that's what logic says. But I mean, maybe it's as simple as like, no more magic, you know, like it's just a ward against magic because it's clearly not a natural thing, right? Like whatever there, or I don't know, maybe it's a pheromone thing. But uh, is it magic though? Is it, right, is yeah, it yeah. the same? Question, yeah. Right? yeah. Is it? Well, it got blocked by the wards after, right? Yeah. He did yeah, that, right? 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 It has to it be. It did magic. get blocked by what? So, yeah. yeah. Did he just try a generic ward and it worked? <laughs> and, yeah, there's no way. There's yeah. no way, right? Like, it, it has to be a magical thing. But maybe you can do wards against physical things. Like, you do a ward against a rock coming towards you, maybe. Mm. Right? So maybe oh, you just right. do a ward against, I don't know, air or something. I, I don't know how that it's works. Like, some, like, literal physical barrier. He's, like, cutting. Yeah, yeah uh, I guess that's possible. Can I try to remember if, well, if we've seen other wars being used, how they've been used. Because I think we've only seen you used against magic, right? Uh, yeah, yes, exactly. Akamian used some wards, but it was in like a sorceress. Yeah. All okay. the mandate schoolmen had wards when Maithanet came down. That's Except right. for Nautra, mm. apparently. I don't know why he didn't have any. Or Did he not? One of them didn't. I for I'm forgetting if it was Nautra or the dude who turned out to be a consult. I think it was the head guy. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Could I ask about something else? Um, what did you all yeah, think about the scene where Zynemus dies? I thought that was uh, uh, I, I thought that was sad. Um, it was sad. And uh, to say the least, the, the well, yeah, uh, uh, it touched me. I should say. Um, I thought that that kind of um, the the part where he described how the the lice jumped off of him and onto mm. um, onto Kamian was actually beautiful mm. in a way. I thought I think people probably could be grossed out about it. And then like some of his <laughs> passing words were, "You you try too hard at Benjuka," mm. uh, and I think that broke something in him because then shortly thereafter. Um, the communes kind of starts to really doubt Kellis, and I, I thought he was like awakened. Um, and that's when he starts saying, "What are you?" You know. So that scene to me was really pivotal. Um, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was really interesting. That it was this profound grief that allowed a Kamian to see through Kellis. That it, it's it's almost like. 
I, I didn't think about this until just now, but like kind of sort of the, the flip side or, or similar to the way I feel like that Kellis identifies the skin spies is he sees, oh, they're not quite human, right? They're not quite expressing correctly. And, and to me, the way I read that scene with Akamian and Kellis is like he's grieving very openly and Kellis is pulling his Kellis bullshit and Akamian finally like sees like, oh, you're not really feeling things. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're false. You are bullshitting me. And, you know, it's interesting that he like, finally, it's like, it's this profound emotional thing that like lets him kind of notice what's off. Yeah. Flip side of Kellis is like very like coldly rational. Oh, I noticed the muscle twitches are like not quite right on the skin spies, which again is like, I, I, that hadn't fully registered for me either, but it's an interesting parallel, right? Mm-hmm. That you're talking about like these Dunyane who, are human but are separate too in a sense because of the way that they like psychologically realize themselves and so the way that they act is like you know they're hyper controlled like the skin spies yeah so that they function in this very coldly rational you know on like they're faking emotions in the same way the skin spies fake emotions but probably dunyane would be able to identify never dunyane just like they can identify Mm -hmm. the skin spies Wow. I got to give Baker credit. These are, these are, this, I, I suddenly have lots of thoughts now. There are lots to think about. Interesting yeah. parallels. I mean, he, he, the other thing that I thought was interesting is um, he's, he's, he doesn't, Akamian uh, doesn't attack Kellis for Esmanet. He says, why didn't you heal him? You know, mm. I think we talked about that like in book one, where we were mm-hmm. like, so he doesn't heal any, or he doesn't have, yeah. the ability or nobody seems to have the ability to heal people um but that's what i think sejanus was able to do um if i read i remember reading that's maybe somewhere but um so that's yeah. you know like it's that's uh I, I found that interesting because i was just i was expecting him to be more um well I, I think the the death of his friend really affected him. Like I said, um, yeah, yeah, that was great. That, that was really well done. And Zinema's whole arc is profoundly tragic. Like his whole yeah. story. Like he's he's yeah. a pretty good pretty good guy from when we beginning. He goes yeah. to help his friend, right? Which in a normal book would mean that either he saves him or. And then they're both happy or, you know, they work together. Um, but it's not like this useless sacrifice, which then destroys him, makes him angry at the person he's trying to, he tried to save. Delusional, like right? that whole scene where he's asking for the, you know, that he gets like the eyes of the guy that tortured him. Right. And, and he blames a Kamian. It's, it's so like seeing someone from that, high to vet low right and and he did nothing wrong he did all the right things right but a decent person would be he's one of the more decent people we've seen right Mm -hmm. what's interesting too is it it you know it it all felt very like tragically pointless until like it is this that lets akamian finally see through kellis right it's like it's the losses in it. It's like these like dominoes fell. And finally, because Zinimus 
got screwed so badly yeah. uh, that like he finally sees through the bullshit. And then like, I don't know, do you think he would have believed Nair's story if he hadn't just seen that Kellis wasn't everything he thought he was? I mean, he does doubt. So yeah, given reason know. to doubt as in not, um, he, he taught Proyas about this like concept of doubt right. and uh, you have to, I, that basically not taking things at face value. So I feel like if he had reason to, it would have, if not immediately, I think, I think he would have seen evidence in this favor if he had. Um, yeah, but it's, it is interesting what you said, Carl, that this leads to uh, Akimian being able to see. Maybe like for a second, I have doubt on uh, about Kellis, but it's like it's not like you would see normally. It's not like a willing sacrifice of someone that helps the protagonist to be able to overcome some problem or achieve what they need to achieve. It's like a sort of like a parasitic. It's like it's taking advantage of something that happened, right, to someone else. It's not like a willing thing. Right. I mean, I, I guess, yeah. I, it, it's not completely bleak, I guess, is what I'm... Like, there, there is, I feel like, an element, which, which hadn't fully clicked for me, and, and maybe, you know, maybe this is even a misreading of it. I, I don't know. But, like, again, the fact that, like, like everything was pointless for him like is just like pointlessly mm -hmm. trying to save a Camion and then ending up blind and like everything is horrible. And, you know, then he's just bitter and almost crazy and he's an alcoholic and he dies. And, but it is in that death and then in the pain that results that a Camion finally has this moment that he needs to have. That is a yes. good thing, which is, you know, yes. seeing through Kellis, right? Uh, and I, and I, I, I guess, yeah, what I was saying is like, I don't, I don't know if he would have necessarily so quickly or so fully believed Nair's story if he hadn't seen that, oh, Kellis is not everything I thought he was before. Like he's so, like he hated Kellis, but mm -hmm. also was like, but Kellis is the guy, you know, the cap, the capital G guy. And now mm -hmm. he's like, oh, maybe it's, you know, maybe he's not all of that. And then suddenly Nair shows up, of course, I, at, at the perfect time, because, you know, it's <laughs> the story and, you know, tells him the truth. He shows up with his motley crew of uh, Sarawai <laughs> as a <laughs> unsolved and the other dude. Who's the other guy? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. But, um, that, boy, he, he really went off the deep end. Um, but <laughs> and, and, yes, I'm pulling for him in some way, weird way. So. I know. Like it's, it's really, right. it's really interesting. Like, like I'm, he's yeah. in league with the consult now, right? Like, yet he's doing things that we kind of want him to do, you know, and, or at least Absolutely. in my case. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the same. Boat. I, I thought too. I was like, he's with like the worst people, like <laughs> somehow even worse than Kellis, but also at the same time, I want them to like tear Kellis down a peg. Like, this yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. You He's know, got his new BFFs. <laughs> <laughs> we also find out that what Kellis wants from Esmeret is lots of Dunian sons or children, maybe just children. I don't sure. remember if he said sons or children, but <laughs> that or is I, it? 
he does cast some doubt on it. It's like, yeah, I want her for that. Mm. Or do I? Sort of. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, when, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think that's why... It, do you think he's rationalizing? Or do you think he started with that reason and now he's doubting it? Like, Which, which do you think it is? Yeah. I don't know. I know. I, I, I do think I'm increasingly, because of the survey stuff, I think he is attached to her. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think there maybe is a level of self-rationalization. But at the same time, I think he would throw her away <laughs> with without, you know, a moment's hesitation. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I hate that what happened to Espinette at the end of that. She's not angry at him. She's angry at herself. It's, I mean... I, I hate that for her character. I don't. I don't mean storytelling wise, but yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I, for I Agami, agree with you. Yeah. the um, the epigraph. I think it was in the last chapter that we read for this uh, discussion, in which Akamian says that that he'd be summarily executed if he said something out loud. Mm. So has has uh, Kellis gone on to establish an authoritarian empire right now, like some in the future <laughs> at the point in which Akamian wrote this? Some say I learned dread knowledge that night. But of this, as with so many other matters, I cannot write for fear of summary execution. Yeah. Who's no, definitely he's under watch, right? Like there's some sort of police state thing going on there. I mean, he's concerned for his life. Yeah. Uh, so something that just just occurred to me while we're talking. Um, so if there if there are any parallels between Kellis and Moingus, does Moingus have like a harem of women? Do we think like <laughs> um, what, what what's going on there? So like, made, new theory. Maithenet is Moingus's son. <laughs> the key. The, uh, the, uh, that could be. Maybe. <laughs> Would it be with like one of the, I mean, would it be with one of the Fanim? Like, how would that work? But I, I, I wish we knew how old he was, right? Like that's, it makes it hard to like, I don't know. Does Kellis have siblings? Do we know? Did, has he, t he hasn't thought about no. like back in the, in the city, right? He's an only child. Uh, at least as of like I mean, 30 I mean, years. I don't know anything about like 30 plus it, years. His his upbringing, you know, I, I, I would assume yeah. he might, because if he's descended of this important lineage, right, it's pretty risky to just have one. Well, maybe he did have other ones, but they were not up to the Dunier level. <laughs> That's so true. They, they got, they got, to, got <laughs> rid of. Yeah, yeah the, the Dunier don't care if you're an Anasurian boy. <laughs> <laughs> that that is, I mean, seemingly they have they have no care about your bloodline. Uh, they only care about do you perform as they want you to perform. It's very interesting yeah. because Esmenet's child is going to be like half. Half. Do, I wonder if 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 uh, the the child is because the child's going to be half Dunyane or whatever. Mm -hmm. So not not of this lineage and not of this. Um, conditioned, you know, artificial selection or, or what have you for the past 2000 years. So I wonder if the child is going to be taken back to Dunyane world 
anyway, right. I just started wondering about that randomly. Well, that, that, that has to be part of the concern, right? That like yeah. they, they, they want, you know, they're afraid of Moingus getting out and letting them know where like where they are. Like they want to keep their, their little isolated piece. Mm. And so like what's surely they're concerned that Moingus is like spreading knowledge about them, which probably includes, you know, spreading like having kids, right? Like maybe Moingus has a bunch of kids. I don't know. I mean, Kellis has one, hmm. two, two. He has almost two, currently one. Yeah. Um, well, no, wait. He's no. He has zero right now. No, oh, you're well. You're right. Yeah, Bloodwise, you're right. It's yeah. not not his child. No, but that doesn't matter for the Duniane, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's also the thing is Moingus could adopt a kid, right? He could take an orphan off the streets and make the kid. I mean, yeah. shit. That, could, that I mean, that could be maybe that doesn't have to be his blood son, right? Like that. That's. Or I, can he? Maybe a part of like the condition to become a Dunyan includes the centuries of breeding and genetic manipulation to achieve yeah. the right that's biology. What that's what I'm thinking, yeah. Dan. Is that there? Because there is there is such a thing as you know breeding for behavior, not not just right. you know not just the um, phenotype or whatever, but so like that was my understanding why he's so why he has the abilities that he has that are kind of superhuman. Yeah. Not all, but yeah. Yeah. There, there, there definitely is like eugenic stuff going on. Like we've talked about this before. They, they, they are yeah. breeding for specific traits. Yeah. Um, but if it actually does something that's different. <laughs> right. Well, that's right. The, well, yeah. And like, what, I don't know. I mean, would that, if Moingus himself is sufficiently bred, I mean, would having a kid outside undo that? Or would they still be able to be doing it? I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that's unclear at this point. Like how much is actually eugenics versus like training? Training. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are a pretty localized group of people. So maybe wider variety of genetics available outside makes it so they can train them. I don't know. You would think they would be super inbred. Like they would start like getting really diseased and like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe there's enough of them that it's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like Kellis goes. No, those, those get Kellis. those get their face put on put on the board. <laughs> yeah, Kellis and Moingus should oh, be yeah. so sick. They should be. They should like enter the world. And they. I can tell you. I went. I think I've talked about this before. I studied abroad in London. I was sick nonstop. All I did was cross one ocean, and I was, you know, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm the strongest guy on the world, but like mm-hmm. you're telling me, Kellis and Moingus, who have been living in a little isolated town that's been interbreeding for generations, go out and they don't immediately get sick. Mm-mm, I don't believe it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that I, that I agree. I agree with that, um, but also I, I, I'm, thro- I'm throwing it away. The books, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, we don't know how disease works in this universe. It could be from bad smells. I get it. The the, the physics of disease in this universe. Right? It's we, do do germs even exist? I don't know. You know, I people was, get sick. But what's causing what's causing them to get sick? Who knows? Scenes of uh, with the with the brothels or and then you know or or what have you. And I was thinking about. STIs a lot, and I was like, maybe that doesn't exist in this world. No, someone definitely got one. We, we 
someone talked about like oh, okay. oh, yeah. around their genitals. Mm-hmm. Like one of the men oh. did. I don't remember. It was like one of like a random war leader, one of their like random Enrithi mm-hmm. war leaders talked about like fire crotch. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe maybe the the prostitute he stepped with had I don't know a particularly vicious what whatever the contraceptive thing is that that they use. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, the little charms. Yeah, mm, yeah. I'm just thinking now, like you know, if you you if you want to like as like a prostitute, like just really start scaring. Now this might lead to you getting killed. Back, back in this world. But like being like, I curse you, and it's just, you've just given them an STD. It's like you are horrible. Way. I don't think that would go down well, yeah. given what we know about how we're I, I do have some more. Like, has Esmanet gotten stuff? Like, is she just okay? You know, they don't have antibiotics. Like, how how is this working? She just slept with a lot of people. Like, come on, Baker, I need the answers. Well, it. We need I don't a know, new like in real glossary. life. We need a new glossary. Epidemiology. <laughs> of I think we did see. She did mention like some contraceptive sort of balm or something that she takes after. Uh, so maybe if it has healing things too, or it's like disinfectant, right? It was a charm. So I guess yeah. they have like contraceptive maybe yeah. anti-std charms i don't but I, thought, know. I thought it was like some sort of pomade or something maybe i'm just thinking about real life because in real life that existed like there was that's what they used in the past mm-hmm. I, I swear she called it a charm but okay, maybe okay. it's not literally like a charm she wears but that was my understanding no, 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 i can see the mark on it too so oh there you yeah. go or maybe some of it because i know some of it sdis in our world came from a new world and didn't exist in the old world until right we went there maybe they're all in the other <laughs> across the mountains <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh god yeah also i mean you think of the strength if they're going around like up north that that's got to be stds right. everywhere unfortunately mm. Does that does that kill the shrunk? Or are they through the old? I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I got us down the rabbit hole. I'm so sorry. But you know, these are important questions. I also did. So you're not in. You're not the only one to blame you know, here. I I, I work I'm, in public you know, health, so I can't help it. So there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, I have a family. A lot of family members are doctors, so you know. Just think about these things. Got to know. Fair yeah. enough. Oh, it's true. But I guess about your inbreeding, I guess possibly, I mean, it's not guaranteed that it, with a lot of inbreeding, everyone is completely uh, not diseased, but genetically. Yeah. If, if you have like a few thousand people, like, I don't think it's as big of a deal as you might think. It's more like if it's yeah. siblings and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Varsha said, if we just get rid of the ones that are too inbred. <laughs> Yeah, probably would. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like. This has been like, is it only one or two thousand years since the apocalypse? It's been two thousand years since the apocalypse, right? The apocalypse happened at the start, roughly of the timeline. Uh, But I don't, I don't know. I feel like enough generations. It's a thought experiment. Whatever they're doing their eugenics thing, I get it. And yeah, they probably killed the most inbred ones, but. it's not actually that important. It, um, 
It would be, it would be yeah. I'm not gonna lie, it would be pretty funny though if they did get exposed to disease and it just like wipes out like half of them. Like the domain just, just get destroyed. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what the, the second series about a, a disease that kills all three. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really just, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that's what the streets are all but like. Yeah, <laughs> all the background things which we read about is like, oh, how are they breeding, all being breeding and stuff like that, and disease. And it's like, you know, it just. But the books don't go into for yeah. obvious reasons. Give, give, give <laughs> it. Yeah, so. it's not what the story's about. So it's. Yeah, you know, we just accept that it's that's it's magic. Exactly. It happens somehow. It's funny to joke about, but it's, it's not actually a big deal. I, I don't really care that Nathan that isn't sick. <laughs> Unless he is. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he is dead. Like, who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, like, or I actually was wondering if um, Moengus was dead. Or we we was haven't dead. seen him, so I, unless Nathan that is him, but I don't think so. So I, I don't know. Um, yeah. What what else? What other big questions do we think are need to be wrapped up in these last hundred pages do we i i don't think i think steve you had hinted previously that not everything gets wrapped up nicely but um i know heron spear i want to know where the heron yeah. spear is mm-hmm. i mentioned enough and again because the historical parallel i i suspect we will get that answered mm-hmm. even if it's a fake heron spear i, I suspect some something that's going to come up what what is the plant there, or what's the payoff there for all the the planted yeah. heron spear mentions? Oh, because I guess yeah, because that's the analog of the what's it called, the sphere of Longinus. Yeah, they're both the same name, so the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're right. That's that is my thought. That has been my thought since it was mm-hmm. first mentioned, but we'll see. Well, the big question is, is the actual second apocalypse coming in the last hundred pages? Because that would be related. Um, well, I, mean, I guess it could, right? Like that could be how it ends. And then it's just like, my understanding is the later books take place like after time skip. So maybe it's, that's what I heard, you know, yeah. they, the apocalypse is ha- like, it's not an overnight thing, right? We know the first apocalypse wasn't like two nights, mm-hmm. you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was like decades. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting thought. I, ha- I I just assumed the apocalypse wouldn't happen in this trilogy, but you're right. It could start. Yeah. Oh, speaking of apocalypse, another thing that Eric pointed out was that, um, well, maybe I sh- I'll just pull up his comment, but um, apocalypse, the meaning has come now to mean the end of the world, but I guess the original uh-huh. meaning was revelation. I, did we talk about that before? Um, so it could just be nope. the second re- revelation not the second end of the world. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting idea. True, true. I don't know what they realized. What was the revelation (laughs) the first time? So I I, I wouldn't even know how to speculate for that. The concept existed. (laughs) The new God exists. (laughs) Such a revelation. It's described Hmm. in the book of Revelation in the Bible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. Is that, is that like an etymology thing? Like, that's what it... Yeah. I don't know. Talk about etymology. The thing well, about it is... It, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
No, 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 please. Oh, no, the thing about it is, to me, if you look at what, well, what I understood is that it was an apocalypse for the people of the North, the North Sarai people. Yeah. But everybody else is kind of okay. So it Mm. it seemed pretty localized. So, yeah, it looks like the word comes from uh, Greek. Uh, yeah, it, it has its etymology. Well, it looks like it's like, you know, it's been in a lot of different languages. Now it's spread. But the original word was Greek, meaning uh, to uncover or to reveal, like that, the etymological root. Um, I'm not even going to pr- try to pronounce it. I, that's just what Google tells me. So I don't know. Maybe Google's wrong. But um, it does seem like there's something there. Yeah. No, but yeah, because it's in the New Testament, in the because yeah, it's the revelation of the final form of the, you know, like Jesus coming to Earth and revealing itself to everyone and realizing the world of, uh, you know, heaven on Earth, pretty much, and all those things. Well, it's like heaven Which, beyond Earth, like the Earth ends. Yeah, yeah, the Earth ends, everyone gets resurrected in their own real bodies, a bunch of other shit happens, yeah. a lot of stuff happens. Dragon, yeah. Yeah. The so, dragons better know. come back. I want more dragons. Yeah, and talking about the apocalypse, um, yeah, uh, Kel says that he he hears the no god, right? Yes. Yeah, that what? was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does it mean? Is he lying? Is he telling the truth? You never know with that man. Why would he? What would he? Why would he? What's the benefit of saying that lie? Why? Why did he say it? No, we we he experienced like we were with him when he experienced it. He, uh, when was it? Was yeah. it at the end of book two or was it in this book where he he heard the voice? He and he saw an image. He saw the no god, or he saw someone like meditating, and then he heard the no god's voice. Was it during the circumfiction? I think it was. was I think that yes, it was during that. Yeah. No, did but he, he say that it was the no god before, or did he just say it now, or he thinks it is, or whatever? I'm to I don't remember. Uh, we only saw that vision he had, right? That brief vision. What he's claiming right now was it to the consult? Is that he yeah. dreams about him on a regular basis, and he tells yeah. him what he wants, or like it was? It was outrageous what he claimed that basically. Uh, he communicates with the no god on a regular basis. Like that's what it sounded like. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we know that for sure. If we just saw that one glimpse, right. you could conclude from that that that's true. <laughs> or he spun a really tall tale <laughs> based on that one image. What What if he manipulates? I mean, I feel like somewhat maybe Mike talked about this before, or maybe even just joked about it. But like, what if he plays the consult and like takes over the consult? What oh, if that's Mungus' yeah. plan is to like woo the consult and then take them over? I, I mean, I don't know to what ends. Maybe just to stop the apocalypse. I, but I'm I'm just spitballing here. I mean, because if they think he is their messiah, I mean, can you imagine? Like, <laughs> what if yeah, the thousandfold thought is the the voice of the no god or something? Oh just, shit! It's just random. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 that, that, that's actually a, a really great idea or like relating to that, right? Because it wasn't it, like the way that it describes the No God Talks is like a thousand, thousand voices yeah. that are talking mm-hmm. through the strong. So that's an interesting idea is if it's like something related to like a connection with the No God 
or, mm-hmm. or, or what the no God is. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I think there's just so much that could potentially happen at the end here. Are we like, is this bad? <laughs> like you guys do a lot more of these discussions, but I was just, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about like the next time we meet and I wonder how we're we literally have, we literally have 100 pages, like exactly, at least in my paperback copy, it's like exactly a hundred pages. This is great. Mm-hmm. How much still has to happen? We still don't know what Moinga's deal is. It's no. I can't believe it. It's it's crazy. Or maintenance deal, or the contest deal. Yeah. What do any of these people want? I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of resigning myself that we won't know until the second series for most of these questions. Maintenance and Moinga's, we have to. I feel like that's that was like the promise early yeah. on. The consult, I think, will remain mysterious. But Maintenance and Moinga's, I think, will like will get their deal. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's Moingus especially, you know. Yeah, like, that one I think we're leading up to something. Uh, the Moingus, but um, just curious, Steve, because um, when you were at this point, whatever a year ago or so, did you have a lot of hope for <laughs> all of these things coming together? And um, should our maybe our expectations should be like. I don't know. You don't have to tell us necessarily, but I was just curious if you were in the same position as we are, just wondering, or were you just oh, yeah. like, were you just going with the flow? Um, at a certain point, I just kind of laid back and took it. <laughs> like, right. You just kind of accept that. You, know, you just kind of wait for things to happen. I know it's lots of questions and lots of mysteries. It is interesting how you know the theories fit you know, venue readers are coming up with. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Quite interesting. There's some truth in some of them. Kellis is definitely going to speak with Moingus. So again, I think we're going to get like, that's what's actively happening. He left his army to go see Moingus. So I, and he, I guess he's going to the, the dead sister city. Was what was but maybe said. he gets where he's dead or something. It's like, Oh, I've been again, dead for maybe that years and this is all my plan, but it's just, you know, working itself so on its own. Be so mad. <laughs> I was like, at, at, at the, the very least, either Kellis or Nader needs to encounter mm. Moingus. I would love for both of them to, but mm. one of them has to. Otherwise, I will be upset. Okay. Yeah, good point. I would like Nader to meet him first. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I would like that very, very much. And do what? That's not a theory, just wishful thinking. I don't know, like confront his demons. I guess I care about. I, I actually don't care. <laughs> Every time I feel sympathy for Nair, I have to remind myself what a jerk he is on a constant basis. <laughs> yeah. he, he's he's a really well written character. Like I really have to give credit to Baker because yeah. you do feel for him. Like yeah. it, it's it's insane. Like that he makes us feel for like truly detestable characters like Nair. I mean, Nair maybe is like the epitome of that. Because like a lot of the other characters you feel for are like, you know, maybe their their point of view is very skewed and they do some bad things, but like they don't, you know, like a Kamian or Esmanet don't feel like fundamentally like they're not like war criminals, you know, like <laughs> Nair is. You know, like it's a different level. Yeah. Yeah. And he's an apologetic in what he does. He's like, yeah, I do this, and it's right, and I want to do it. I'm going to continue doing it. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He's self-actualized. 
He's self-actualized, exactly. <laughs> In a bad way. <laughs> yeah, no, no one ever said it had to be a good, you know, good thing. The Dunyang too, right? That's that's the whole... Uh, True. I almost said gnosis, but uh, the shortest path, whatever mm. the thing is. Is it the gnosis? Am I blank? I'm the mixing logos. up the terms. Yeah, logos, logos. Thank you. It's having a brain fart there. Cool. So, Steve, you want to start us off with quotes? Sure. They're coming to get you, Dan. Um, Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Um, whoops. Let's see. Um, page two forty one. A ruin that the world cannot, a ruin that the world cannot stomach, and that the ages could not digest. Mm. Um, Two forty-four. Soon I will darken your door. <laughs> what is the context of that? That's um, that was, I believe, Nayer talking about Moingus. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's badass. Yeah. Uh, 253, one of my favorites is only when things are broken did their meaning become clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, 279, war is, war is our soul made manifest. I remember that quote, yeah. And uh, yeah, and that was all of them. Damn. Hmm. I have one on page 268. Oh yeah, I think we didn't really talk about this too much, but the sense of almost loss that men of the holy war feel when they arrive at Shime. Um, I thought this line captured it really well. What could be worth what they had suffered? What could repay what they had ex- exacted? This place, this chalk white city. I think this was um, this was the rest of the people. Proes also has a really interesting thought. He found himself wondering if this was always the way when dreams confronted the actuality that conceived them. So there's two two ways of, at least two ways that they are thinking about the fact that they've arrived at Shime. For Proyas, it's that the real thing is maybe not suiting your expectations or almost this this feeling of what do I do now that I've I've come here right like this is this was the thing that gave you purpose for these long months no longer exists um or you've you've got it and like what do you do what purpose do you get now and then the other one was that sense of speculation or judgment about like trying to measure it up and see if it's worth all that you've suffered to get here i I really liked those lines i'm gonna take a couple this is this is my final chance for this trilogy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a couple shots here for theories. So I'm going back to my one of my faves, the Heron Spear. Mm-hmm. And I'm going with my boy Proyas, who I continue to not understand why I love him so much. I think <laughs> that I don't know why I have a special affection for him, like Wayne <laughs> does. Uh, I think he's gonna find the Heron Spear. That just feels like something that would be very cathartic. Uh, given that he has been our 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 zealot, uh, so that that's totally blind shot there. And the other one is that that quote uh, about you know what could, what could be like worth all of this is like setting up you know for history. They are gonna 
when they get in Shime, they are going to commit a bat like serious atrocity and are <laughs> going to start murdering people left and right, who's unleashing all of their anger. Um, yep. Which is why would they? Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert, they're just going to be hugging people. Just like, yeah. <laughs> you just get kissing people on the lips, saying, you know, you beautiful people. It is good yeah. to be here. We're all the same in the end. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's different, but in the end, it's the same thing, you mm. know? Exactly. I'll be, I'll be dis- disappointed if there's no unicorns or rainbows. <laughs> exactly. At the end. We came this far. It's Chime. This. There was one extremely ironic line about how they came here all this way to end centuries of wickedness, unlike what you did on your way here. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's classic. Classic. Good point. You know. We lost Dan. Any other last theories? I'm curious. You two, Mike, Varsha, what are, what are your final thoughts before we finish this? The only the the only thing that I was thinking about just a moment ago is, are we going to have some reveal related to the non-men or a, somebody? Because mm. I feel like they're kind of lurking. Um, but maybe that's for the second part of the series. Hmm. Yeah. I, don't know, I just really want to know who the hell Maitanet is. I think <laughs> that's that's the mystery I've been most invested in from the beginning. Maybe he's no one. He's just a normal guy. Maybe an imposter. I'm going to be very angry at Baker if that's what <laughs> No, and maybe he's not. He's a plumber and, in uh, Irwa. <laughs> yeah, he's a plumber. <laughs> no, I, I don't yeah. think I'll be angry at him, but that might be a cool reveal too. That it's just not a non-reveal. No, I would, I would, I, I would be upset. Dragging <laughs> it out this much, I, anti-climaxes can only go so far. I, 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 before at a certain point, I'm just like, no, you got, you got to give us something. Like it's Nathan. That's there's something there. There's, there's something. He's no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a guy. Yeah, He's just a, a regular guy. dude. Yeah, just a little guy. <laughs> cool guy. Yeah. It, I think it's better to have low yeah. expectations because otherwise I don't want to be let down. We've had a great, it's been a great experience, it's been a nice long journey. I have faith. I, you, you can, you, you can count me as one of the believers. <laughs> I, I Baker's going to land this plane. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We gotta Fair. see. Hmm? Cool. Yeah. I did have somewhat of a quote. It's not really a quote because I don't have it right now. Uh, I just remember it. I think it went some when he was talking to all the noble scabbard and he said something like he was talking about the the story of Sejinus who was going there and he was being judged by the king, I think. And he was saying, Who is this menial that speaks as a king? Mm. Uh, and then this that whole discussion and he ends it with I am. I thought that one was very good rhetoric, sort of if I was there, I would have been really <laughs> into that let's just say oh yeah would have convinced me yeah yeah that was a good one yeah just that and i don't remember it i have to go it was it during the speech he gave yeah it's callous just you know owning people oh yeah and there was a line there about how uh he called out a few and made them feel known so he made everyone feel like he knew them 
I think that was the next one, the next big assembly of oh, the I see. people, I think. If I remember okay, correctly. Okay. Cool. I'll, I'll go look that up after we finish. Um, yeah, any other closing thoughts before we say goodbye? It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited for the last 100 pages. I might even read it before. <laughs> uh, now, yeah. Cool. So then let's do outros. Mike, do you want to start us off? Yes. Uh, you know, I'm. Um... Again, my name's Mike, and you can find me on the page chewing forum. And sometimes uh, I'm also active on the page chewing comics and manga podcast. And I am uh, I am Carl D. Albert on most social media. Ideally, find me uh, at page chewing because I hate social media. <laughs> Uh, it's just an unfortunate uh, requirement for trying to make a career as a writer. Um, and on that note, you can find my book, Truth of Crowns, on the interwebs. Just look it up at this point. You can find it. Um, and I'm Dan. You can find me on the Patreon forum, DN Fire 17. And if you're interested in talking about the First World War on the Italian front in the Alps, I've been reading a lot about it recently. So, you know. Mm. If you are, you can message me. Oh, nice. Oh, let's talk. Uh, I can attest to Truth of Crowns being, if you love tragedy, you'll love, <laughs> you'll love Truth of Crowns. Uh, yeah, we just finished. Uh, we'll be discussing that soon with the Varsha. And um, so you can find me on Page Chewing, on the Page Chewing podcast, Page Chewing Comics and Manga with my wonderful co-host, Mike, and on Film Chewing. Yeah, come and say hi. And you can find me, Varsha, <laughs> on uh, my YouTube channel, Reading by the Rainy Mountain, on the podcast, Speculative Speculations, and hanging out on the Patreon forum all the time. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in about a week. Bye. Bye.